You're listening to Sunday Worship at Weddington Methodist Church. Find more ways to worship, fellowship, serve, study, and be supported at WeddingtonChurch.org. I invite you to take your Bibles, if you will, and turn with me to the Gospel according to John. John chapter 18, we're going to begin at verse 33. John chapter 18, we'll begin at verse 33. We're backing up a little bit to where Jesus is before Pilate. John 18, verse 33, when John writes, Then Pilate entered the headquarters again, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you ask this on your own, or did others tell you about me? Pilate replied, I'm not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priest have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Pilate asked him, So, you are a king. Jesus answered, You say that I'm a king. For this reason I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Pilate asked him, What is truth? Will you pray with me? Almighty God, we give you thanks for your holy word and for the privilege now of studying it together. And God, as I stand before these, your people, this is your church. So I pray that this will be your message and not my own through the name of Jesus the Christ. Amen. What is truth? Pilate's question. It's a powerful question. It's a relevant question. But it seems like it's becoming more difficult for us to answer in our culture and in our world today. Is there truth anymore? Is there an objective truth? Or is it, this is my truth and this is your truth. This is what's true for me, true for you. Truth seems to have become a little bit relative. I think that's why sometimes you'll hear the saying, don't let the truth get in the way of a good story. We want to tell things with the way we want it to be, and if we need to slide the truth to make it fit our narrative, okay. I also think Winston Churchill's quote was pretty funny when he said, a lie gets halfway around the world before the truth has a chance to get its pants on. I mean, lies do seem to go so much faster. Do we really want to know the truth? The truth can be challenging. The truth can be convicting. The truth can take some work. And the truth may not fit our agendas, or the truth may not fit our narratives. C.S. Lewis, the great literary genius as well as biblical scholar, said that if you look for truth, you may find comfort in the end. If you look for comfort, you will not get either comfort or truth, only soft soap and wishful thinking to begin, and in the end, despair. Truth. 
Jesus is before Pontius Pilate. Now, there's a reason that he's there. Rome is occupying Israel at the time, and, and Rome, the Roman authorities, the Roman Empire and government, allowed the local authorities, the local religious leaders to kind of carry out their own business, to carry out their world and their work and what they wanted to do, as long as there were no real disturbances and disruptions. Oftentimes, this was known as Pax Romana, the peace of Rome. We'll just kind of let you do and keep things down. It was thought that there would be less hostility and revolting if you have a little autonomy. But if you wanted to kill somebody, especially if you wanted to have someone crucified, that required Rome. And the chief priests and the elders, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, all those who were coming after Jesus, they wanted Jesus crucified. They wanted Jesus humiliated. And as a result, they had to go to Pontius Pilate to get approval. Pontius Pilate was the Roman governor who was over the region of Judea. Now, normally, he was housed in Caesarea, which is a city that's on the Mediterranean Sea on the west side of Israel. But since it was Passover, since there were thousands of people who had been coming to the Holy Land to celebrate this high holy event... He had made his way to Jerusalem just in case, just in case there were problems, just in case there were disturbances. He was obviously not there to worship. After all, he was a Gentile. He was a Roman, but he wanted to be there. So Jesus is delivered to him. And here's an interesting point. When they bring Jesus to Pilate and Pilate takes him inside, the religious leaders, the chief priests, the elders, the others, they have to stay outside. Why? Because the law said that if you ate with a Gentile, went into their home, you were considered unclean. And they would not have been able to celebrate the Passover, that high holy festival, without having the time to, to go through the rituals of, of being made clean again. And so they stayed outside, lest they not be able to carry out the high holy day. Now, I want you to catch this. They won't go into someone's house. They'll be considered unclean. Now, they'll scheme, and they'll plot, and they'll come up with false charges and lies against someone. They will even plot and scheme murder against someone. But they won't go into a Gentile's house lest they be considered unclean, which meant by the letter of the law, yeah, clean. And the heart couldn't have been dirtier. The hypocrisy was absolutely palatable. That's why N.T. Wright, the great biblical scholar, said, Together they blunder and stumble into an act so wicked, so unjust, so unnecessary, and so indicative of their own moral bankruptcy that before anything more is said, we can already draw the correct conclusion the man at the center of the storm was indeed dying for the sins of the world. In spite of all the evidence who this Jesus is, we're often willing to crucify Him if He stands between us and something that we desire. 
we're willing to send him to the cross again if he interferes with our agendas, our narratives, our goals. Pilate looks at Jesus and he said, So are you the king of the Jews? It must have seemed like a little bit of a ridiculous question to Pilate because Jesus was poor. We know that from the beginning of the Gospel of Luke that Jesus was not from a wealthy family. He had a few followers that were around him that were disciples like former fishermen and others. It wasn't that Jesus had this band of wealthy. He didn't have his, his own army that was gathered together. You, you could almost argue that, that Pilate was asking, are you delusional? Do you, do you really believe that you of all people are the king of the Jews? And Jesus said, are you asking this for yourself or are you listening to what other people have told you. And Pilate looks at Jesus. They have this interesting dialogue back and forth. And he goes, well, I'm not a Jew, but your own people. Jesus was Jewish. Your own people, your own chief priests and elders, they're the ones that's handed you over to me. What have you done? Pilate's asking, what? What Looking at you, I don't see the threat. What have you done that has people so wound up against you? And Jesus then says, well, my kingdom is not of this world. Now, Pilate's not really concerned about somebody that's got an otherworldly kingdom. That's not a threat to Rome, he thought. So there's no real issue here. And Jesus then goes on to say, for this I was born. And for this, I came into the world to testify to the truth. And everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. And Pilate asks, what is truth? Well, the question is left hanging there. Jesus doesn't give him the answer. Because truth is one of those things that others just can't always share with you. You have to come to receive and understand it yourself. So Jesus lets the question hang there, and then Pilate goes outside. Well, Jesus had answered this question earlier. If you just turn back in your Bibles to John chapter 14, verse 6, you will hear Jesus say this, I am the way and the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus just said, I am the truth. And if you go back a little further to John chapter 8, beginning at verse 31, you will hear these words, Then Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in Him, If you continue in My word, you are truly My disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Jesus had answered that question. It's one of the reasons then that Dr. Gerard Slavin says that proclaiming the truth, being the truth, is what makes him a king. Proclaiming the truth, being the truth, is what makes him a king. 
And now the church is entrusted. God has entrusted the church with proclaiming this truth, with being the custodians of this truth, proclaiming this truth, sharing this truth. You read it in Acts chapter 1 when Luke, who wrote both the Gospel of Luke and Acts, is sharing with us that before Jesus ascends into heaven, he says, you will be my witnesses here in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, all the way to the ends of the earth. You're to be my witnesses. You're to proclaim this. And you turn the chapter to Acts chapter 2, you have the story of Pentecost, which we will celebrate in, in a few weeks. And you will see that the Holy Spirit is then poured out upon the church. But Jesus will tell us who this Holy Spirit is. If you, again, in the Gospel of John, look at chapter 15, verse 26, you'll hear these words. Jesus said, when the Advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth that comes from the Father, He will testify on my behalf. Who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth. And Jesus wanted us to know the truth. Jesus wanted us to be able to answer the question that Pilate asked, what is truth? And Jesus actually wanted us to be bathed in the truth. For when you listen to His prayer in John chapter 17, beautiful, powerful prayer, that Jesus prays. If you haven't read it lately, go back, read it again, read it slowly, listen to Jesus sharing the words. But Jesus will pray in that prayer in John 17, verse 17, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Now that word sanctify, I remind you, means to be made holy. So hear what Jesus is saying is make them, meaning you and me, us together as the church, make the church, make them, make us holy. Make us holy in the truth. Make us holy in your word, which is truth. N.T. Wright again says these words. He said, truth isn't something that you get out of a test tube or a mathematical formula. We don't have truth in our pockets. Philosophers and judges don't own it. It is a gift. A strange quality that, like Jesus' kingdom in fact, comes from elsewhere, but is meant to take up residence in this world. Jesus has come to give evidence about this truth. He Himself is truth. The New Interpreter Study Bible puts it this way. It says, These much-quoted verses are not about truth in the abstract, but the truth of God as revealed in Jesus. Being a disciple of Jesus is necessary in order to know that truth and to be set free by it. Now, I want you to hear that last sentence again. Being a disciple of Jesus is necessary in order to know that truth and to be set free by it. Again, in John 14, verse 6, as we read, Jesus said, 
I am the way and the truth and the life. Now, John does something interesting with those I am sayings. There's seven of them, actually eight, I think. But there's, their I am sayings are actually redundant Greek. It's ego a me. It's kind of like I am in all caps. I am. It's kind of like I am in all caps, bold, underlined, and with a highlighter going over it because it's a, it's a way of saying to us, and we miss it in the English, and when we translate it over, we kind of miss it, but, but Jesus is going, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Why would Jesus be emphasizing I am? Well, that goes back to Exodus 3 when God called Moses. God calls Moses to lead the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. Moses tries to come up with every excuse in the world on why he can't do it. And God keeps answering his questions. But one of the excuses is, well, God, if I go and tell them that God has sent me, I mean, what's your name? I don't even know your name. We get that powerful name, Yahweh, which is I am. I am that I am. God said, tell them that I am has sent you. And then God goes on to say, this is my name and my title for all generations. The name of God is I am. And when Jesus then says, I am the truth. Hear what Jesus just said. I am God. And I am the truth. The risen Christ is the truth. The Word of God is the truth. The answer to Pilate's question, what is truth? The risen Christ. Jesus Himself is the truth. And He wants you and me and together His church bathed, made holy, sanctified in the truth. And then we have this promise. If you continue in my word, then you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Amen.